Good Friday, my goodness. Hasn't that come around quick? Great to have you here visiting with us. This is, uh, this is your home church. Welcome home. One of the most significant days on the Christian calendar, uh, the day that Jesus Christ, we commemorate his sacrifice on the cross for the sins of the entire world. Wow. How'd you like that on your resume? It's pretty good, isn't it? It was his sacrifice that brought about our freedom as followers of Christ. And the mission that the Father sent him on was to be that doorway of salvation. Jesus proclaimed in the Gospel of Luke, verse 4, 18, 19, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And we celebrate that. Amen? We celebrate that. Jesus came to bring a freedom to all of us. We saw a measure of that in his ministry when he walked upon the earth. And there are many, you know, records, historical facts of healing and deliverances all over that region in that time, and his mission was far greater than that. I was watching uh, uh, Andrew Bolt last night interview uh, a guy who's written a book about Christianity. Um, Andrew Bolt's not a Christian. He's not an atheist, but he said he's not a Christian by any means. He said, but... The scientists, he's done a bit of research and scientists have discovered more fact, more historical fact about the life, the death, the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus Christ than in any other religion on the earth. It's good when the world starts to bring up those facts. The mission was salvation for mankind and for every generation. And the only way that Christ could do that was his sacrifice, to be raised again and to destroy that, that grip that death had in the minds and the hearts of all of humanity. People were so afraid of death, but after Christ, there was this whole new meaning, this whole new meaning. You look in the Gospel of John, Jesus is teaching in verse 12, verse 23, and he's talking about his death, but he's teaching in a parable. And says, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. 
And Jesus explained it in a way that they had never, never, ever heard before, never, ever thought about. He was teaching a, a principle that would bring freedom not only to his life, but to every life. This is a life lesson that we want to look at today that will serve us well out of this passage of Scripture. We see number one today, it's about surrender. It's about surrender. It starts with surrender. In verse 24, it says there again that, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, falls to the ground and dies, the greatest example was when Jesus was in the garden praying in Matthew 26, 39. He said, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you, as you will. I mean, I love the humanity of Christ. I love the humanity of Christ. It must have been horrendous what he was about to face. And, you know, the amazing thing is that even up to this point, he could have backed out. But he chose to surrender. He could have pulled out at any time, right up to the point where he was arrested. He could have defended himself before Pilate and said, whoa, whoa, wait, no, we need to change this. There's a misjustice here and I can prove it. But he didn't. Scripture tells us he went like a lamb to the slaughter because he knew the only way to accomplish the Father's mission was surrender. Surrender. In the context of a kernel of wheat falling to the ground and dying, surrender is not defeat. Surrender is not defeat. Defeat gives us this concept that, that you know, it's over. We lost. They won. We lost. We're defeated. No good can come of this. But for me to choose to surrender something for a greater outcome in my life, folks, it's not defeat. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. For me to choose to surrender something for a greater outcome in my life is not a loss. It's a gain. It's a gain. But we must surrender. You know, I walked into a church for the first time in 1980 and uh, God had become very real to me at home uh, in, in my lounge room. Uh, I prayed a prayer and God started to make himself real to me and I, I, didn't, I didn't understand anything about it. I didn't understand what was going on. I, I came to a church and I didn't understand what it was all about, but, you know, I, I could feel something. I could see something that I knew was good. And I knew enough to know that I wanted that. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it, but I wanted it. And, wow, I've got to tell you, the best decision I ever made in my life because I realised to attain that, 
to to attain what I could feel, to attain what I could see, that there were things in my life at that point I needed to surrender. Nobody told me. Nobody pointed the finger and pointed them out. No, it was something I just knew on the inside. There was a conviction that came over me that for me to embrace what I can see is more than enough. What I can see is good. Then some, I need to surrender some things. And I've got to tell you, folks, in no way was it a loss. In no way was it a loss. When I decided to allow those things to die in my life, to fall to the ground and die, it gave an opportunity for Christ to rise and to bring a harvest, what was good in my life. And it works in every area of your life. Every area of your life. You surrender self for a better marriage, that'll be your harvest. You know, you can't have a good marriage when it's all about one person. You've got to have two people that are prepared to say, I'm going to surrender me, myself, for the good of us. We together, and it works. You surrender the things of the flesh to attain the things of the Spirit. It's not a loss. It's a great gain. Secondly, we look at today and we think of sacrifice. Again in verse 24, it says there that, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, It remains only a single seed. But if it dies, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Many seeds. And here we see the potential that the seed has, and it can be great. But of course, first, it's got to die. First, there has to be a sacrifice. The example today, obviously, you've seen it on the screen, the you know, the, 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 the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, that he had to sacrifice his life, that he was buried in a tomb before he could rise again and bring increase and freedom to every generation. I preached a message recently and we discovered most people see the cross as sacrifice. Nobody likes sacrifice because we see it as a loss. Again, if, if I sacrifice, I'm losing something. Wait a minute. The real value of the cross is not in the sacrifice, but in the opportunity that sacrifice brings. Let me say that again. So important. The real value of the cross is not in the sacrifice, but in the opportunity that sacrifice brings. It would be crazy for me to stand up here and to try and convince you that sacrifice is fun. Of course it isn't. Nobody likes sacrifice. It's not fun. But the value is in what sacrifice brings. The opportunity that sacrifice brings. 
You would have saw on the screen today the crucifixion of Jesus. Nothing about what he went through was fun. Nothing about what he went through was fun. But the value was in the freedom that was produced because of that sacrifice. Because of that sacrifice. And you look at any area of life today, any, any sporting accomplishment, overcoming any life challenge to make it through, you're going to have to sacrifice something. It's just the way of it. If we're not sacrificing anything, then we're not, we're not going forward. We're not creating an opportunity to, to grow, develop, to increase, to go beyond, to grow beyond. Anything worthwhile will cost you something. But the sacrifice is worth it. You know, a few years ago I played, uh, I played a game of golf with a friend I'd known for some time and I, um, I didn't know he was such a good golfer. And I'm playing with this guy and he's like hitting them wherever he wants. Beyond my old man's vision. I'm telling you right now. He was dropping them on the green and like birdie after birdie and I'm thinking... Who are you? This guy could play. I said, tell me your story, because there was a story there. He said, oh, yeah. He said, I've played a lot of golf. He said, I've played quite a bit professionally. He said, I was in the top five juniors in Australia in my day. I thought, oh, that's good, you know, top five juniors. He said, yeah, one of those was Aaron Badley. The other one was Adam Scott. And I'm thinking, okay, you got my attention. And I said, mate, if you're this good, why didn't you go for the, you know, go for the tour, go for the whatever you could go? He said, oh, he said, I just like to party too much. He said, I just enjoyed my drink too much. He said, see, those guys, for them to get to that level, number one in the world, You've got to sacrifice everything. Therein lies the difference. See, this guy was good enough, but he didn't want to sacrifice. Had he have sacrificed, I guarantee you, he would be up there today with whoever they are. Don't shun away from sacrifice. Sacrifice is good for us. It creates an opportunity for us to grow and develop like nothing else. The trick is not to focus on the sacrifice because no one likes sacrifice. Amen? We focus on what sacrifice can produce. We don't focus on what we're going to miss out on. We focus upon what we can attain once the sacrifice has been made. Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 3, 14, said, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And you know the Apostle Paul's story. You know this guy was beaten, imprisoned, shipwrecked, you know, 
almost killed a dozen times. That wasn't his focus. The focus was the goal. The focus was attaining the goal, not the sacrifice he went through. He learned the secret not to focus on the sacrifice but devote his life in number three today, in service. In service. In verse 26, it says, Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. Wow. Picture that kernel of wheat in your mind. A kernel of corn or whatever seed is your fancy. Picture that in your mind falling to the ground and getting embedded into the soil. As it dies under the soil, the, the germination process begins. You begin to see a, a small shoot appear later above the, the ground and then later the whole harvest. That's the process. After the kernel dies, in that process of germination, that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. It's the same in a believer's life. It's in the service that brings the maturity, not in the confession. It's in the service that brings the maturity. You know, archaeologists discovered a 3,000-year-old a tomb in Egypt. And inside that tomb was a mummy. No daddy, just a mummy. And in the mummy's hand, they found some seeds. And when they planted the seeds, they were amazed that these seeds actually grew and produced a crop. The point is that for 3,000 years, they just sat there and produced nothing at all. Because they didn't die. They just remained in the mummy's hand. And Christianity is far more than just sitting in church every Sunday, every other Sunday. We're called to serve and to follow Jesus Christ. Serve and to follow. And freedom comes when you find your God fit. What you were designed for, what you were created for by God. You find that God fit and then maturity comes when you function in that. Maturity doesn't come because you know a lot. There's a lot of people who know a lot that do dumb stuff. No, maturity comes when you allow what you know to be outworked in service under Christ. Each believer was born for it. And when you're serving in that gift, I can tell you it's the most fulfilled place you'll ever have in your life. It's the most fulfilled you will ever be. When you know that God fit and you've died to self and you've allowed God to flow through you, 
to make a difference in your world. It's the greatest place you'll ever be. Jesus is our example. Mark 10.45 said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. The question that we've got to ask today is, in the light of the freedom that Calvary brings, what does your harvest look like? In the light of the the lesson that Jesus is teaching us today, is the seed still in your hand? Or have you allowed it to die? Have you sacrificed it so that it will produce a harvest and your world will be blessed? It's a challenge for all of us because we're not here to attend church, we're here to be the church. And I've got to tell you, folks, there's a world that needs the church and they need the church now. They don't need buildings filled with people. That's useless. They need the very hands and feet of Christ out there making a difference. (laughs) Preaching a gospel that has never been heard before without using words. With the very makeup of Christ in love, compassion. Caring, kindness, love that is unconditional. That's our harvest will change the world. That was Christ's mission. That's our mission. Amen? Amen.